everyone and welcome to a, another episode of the Full Pelt Music Podcast. Shortly we'll be chatting with Jim Lockie and The Solemn Sun who released their new album Colour on July the 28th but before then the usual reminders from myself. If you were to please do follow Full Pelt on social media we're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music and again if you would please do hit that like button hit that subscribe button wherever you're watching or listening. Welcome, Jim Lockie, to the uh, Full Pump Music Podcast. Absolutely delighted to have you on uh, this evening. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely over the moon to have you on because we uh, have had an advanced listen to Colour, your new album that's coming out, and we must say it is truly remarkable, such a stunning piece of work. So really, really excited to talk to you about it. But we'll start off with 2,000 Trees because we're still trying to get over how wonderful that experience was. Um, and obviously you played a set there and, you know, it was a fantastic set. Um, listeners can read about it in our uh, review of the festival. So how how was it from your perspective? How was 2000 Trees this year? Yeah, I mean, Trees for us has always been amazing. So nice, such a nice thing to play, um, especially because it's local for us for one thing, but it's also like, it's a big marker on the calendar for like local musicians, I think. Like the whole place is just full of people that we know that are in bands and stuff. And it's really nice to like hang out and see those people um but it was also yeah it was great to be back there kind of with new with new songs to play and it felt like uh, a bit of a marker I guess for our sort of restart as a band um we played a load of new stuff in that set and considering that most people haven't heard any of those songs yet I think it was really well received and um yeah we've had like some really nice comments about it as well so yeah, we feel quite honoured, to be honest, to have that sort of following that kind of get on board with new stuff straight away. So, yeah, very thankful, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, out of the 11 songs you played, nine of them came from uh, the new album, which has only got 10 songs on, on the album um, to start off with. So, obviously, you know, it, quite, in a way, quite a brave decision um, on your part to, to do that. And obviously, you've had a few songs go out there now, and you talked about the reception. So, obviously, live is one way to get some feedback to how the new material is going down and of course with social media reactions kind of instantaneous these days so yeah you know, you've had yeah. the three pre-release singles come out and obviously um been able to debut some of them live in general then how has that reaction been positive i would assume yeah it's been uh yeah surprisingly so i think not that uh i guess there's always a bit of um as a, not apprehend, I guess probably apprehension. I guess when you put out new music, it's like, are, are the people that followed our band before going to like this stuff, or is it about building a new audience for us, or, or like where does it leave us? I guess, but um, yeah, it's been overwhelmingly positive. I think. Um, I think one of the good things about color is it kind of pulls a lot from everything we've done and how we like developed over a few records and stuff so there's something in there for everyone i think so yeah the response has been great um we also have this little whatsapp group uh with about 100 odd people that are like have been fans of the band or have supported us in the past um and they're always like the first people to get their hands on stuff um so we've sent out a few bits to them kind of uh, before release dates and that kind of stuff um, so it's great to kind of get their opinion on it first as well before it goes public because um, you've still got time to make some changes if they're needed I guess. <laughs> yeah no, that's a unique um, 
I'm trying to think that they do this with movies and TV shows, don't they? Sort of fan testing. But, yeah, obviously, quite a unique way for you to be able to test out the music and useful, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And we just like, um, it's really useful, actually, that group as well for us because it kind of help us pick set lists and things like that, um, help us plot touring a bit better and things, and also just get to know people a bit better because we probably only meet people for like a couple of minutes after a show anyway. So it's quite nice to have a bit more of a longer conversation. Um, yeah, and like they can get involved and tell us what they think and stuff. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, no, it definitely is cool. I mean, technology these days has definitely grown the ability for fans and bands to connect with each other. And quite often that comes from Patreon and other like, apps like that. But obviously, yeah, WhatsApp, I guess, works absolutely fine as, as, fine yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, uh, so diving into colour, which, yeah, I'm really keen to talk about. Um, obviously, yeah. you touched on it's got elements of the various sort of sounds that you, you've had in the past. And obviously, you know, you started off as Jim Lockie in the Solemn Sun, um, adapted into um, just Solemn Sun, and obviously you've sort of transitioned background again now. And, and each era has kind of had its own sort of defining sound, I've, I've felt. But I agree with you in that colour really meshes them together um, really, really well. And obviously you returned under the full moniker back at 2000 Trees again in, in 2019. So I'm just keen to kind of explore at what point did the album become something that you felt was was you know a tangible goal that you could achieve Where, whereabouts did you start the, the the planning for it yeah i mean to be honest mate that that show in 2019 at trees was kind of the trigger for it if anything um we were invited back to do this the extra mile took over a stage basically invited us to come and play some songs i think originally they wanted us to play death in full but there were, <laughs> there were some songs on that album we haven't played since we recorded them basically so we were like uh can we play some other stuff <laughs> um so yeah we did like a set there that was really great like we really loved it it's probably one of our favorite shows um and that kind of started it again i was sort of I don't know. Yeah, after that set, we sort of chatted a bit and I was like, we should definitely just do this again. Like, there's no reason for us to not do it. Um, and we hadn't really made the decision, I guess, to come back as sort of Jim Lockie and the Solemn Sun then. Um, but we we just decided that we'd get in a practice room, really, and start writing some bits. Um, and that's how it started. I kind of just had a couple of songs and then a couple more come along and then it kind of builds from there. Um, but yeah, it's... It's been a great process though, but it has kind of taken that long. So we're talking sort of well, three and a bit years, I guess, until the record was like actually being recorded. So it's a hell of a process, but it just, the the newer songs just fitted that old band better. They just didn't, um, the Solemn Sun stuff was kind of meant to be darker and it was heavier and that was sort of the point and that the shortened name fitted that better, I think. Um, but yeah, this stuff was definitely a jail and CSS record for sure. So that's why we came back as that. Yeah, no, and we're definitely glad you did because Colour is, uh, say, for, for listeners that might, might not have listened to it yet, absolutely phenomenal piece of work. Really, really is. Definitely writing the album of the year conversation for me um, is, is that incredible. good. And um, obviously with that process, and you said about how long it took, um, you know, how did that process compare to your, um, obviously, time recording atlases and death in the past and did the pandemic either help or hinder in any way um a lot of people said it bought them extra time they didn't think they would have for example yeah for sure i mean uh like atlases is kind of like a collection of songs over a very long period of time i think so that's probably the one that we spend longest on um 
death as well was sort of built up over time. They do take a while to kind of come together. I don't. I think colour is probably the only time I've really sat down to write an album, and that was kind of the point, really. I guess that like we had a couple of songs come in, and then um, the theme started to pull together for how I wanted it to be, and then I like I consciously sat down to do it because we were originally thinking I oh, would we'll just do a few songs and just put them out kind of when they're ready sort of thing and just see how it goes um and then I had a strop and put my foot down and said no I want to make an album because that's kind of how it, it it works for me like I think that we should do regular records and go and tour them and kind of explore those moments kind of thing as they happen like they're a big marker in your life of like where you're at um and yeah so I consciously sat down to write this as an album which is great and certainly something that I'd like to do in the future because it really focused me um pandemic wise uh like a lot of my life changed during the pandemic so a lot of that was a lot of that triggered um a lot of the writing in terms of like lyrically um and it did kind of force me to focus on music stuff more because it kind of gave me a bit of an out um from like what I was dealing with personally um so yeah I think that it was an assistance for sure I think having that time um although my job was still quite full-on during uh pandemic so days were very much still really busy um and I was just finding any downtime to kind of work on the record um and yeah I guess there is there's one outlier though on colour um the song you and I which is at the end um is really really old <laughs> uh, I think it's originally from like 20 late 2012 2013 and it's been through probably seven or eight different versions like one was entirely electronic um it didn't quite branch into like ska or reggae but I feel like it's been through basically everything else and it's just never worked it's always just been like oh, I really like the lyric in this but it's just not working um and then yeah it turns out when you stop thinking about something too much it just sort of tends to happen so that's kind of what happened with that one um and it's like the biggest finish of a song as well so we put it at the end of the record because it felt like the right thing to do um but yeah so I kind of uh that's the main bit I guess is like we just yeah. focus on it write that record as a record um and it feels like it is if that makes sense it feels a lot more coherent to me than probably the other ones were um but yeah yeah, no, I would definitely agree with the coherency of it. It is, as, again, a whole piece of work. It just flows so well. Um, it is so just enjoyable to listen to. And you and I is a fantastic end to that record, for for sure. And um, on the themes you touched on, obviously, as you say, Solemn Sun, the, the themes behind the songs that come out under that moniker were a lot darker. This record kind of feels like the, the polar opposite to that. It feels really uplifting and, and, and hopeful um is that it you know something you consciously were um trying to achieve when, when looking at this record absolutely yeah I kind of like I think it's fair to say that was probably like some of the lowest times for me personally um and I didn't want to write a sad record like although a lot of the lyric is kind of quite hard and was hard for me to sort of uh, write and perform a lot of the time I wanted those songs to like pull me through that basically so I guess my thought process on it was like let's just I want to make this positive I want it to be 
I knew I wanted it to come out in summer and I knew that I wanted it to feel, have like those moments of feeling summery and positive and forward thinking. Um, and like, yeah, I don't know, just like celebrating that kind of new beginning sort of feel for like, for the band, for one thing, uh, but also for myself. It's very much like a new beginnings record. Um, and I'm glad that that comes across because it's hard to know if you've sort of nailed that as a plan um so yeah i'm really really pleased that it does come across as being a positive record because that's what it is it's a huge positive step for me it's a massive positive step for the band um and hopefully for the people that listen to it hopefully there's some there's things in there that people will connect to and kind of put their own meaning to um and yeah it's just something for them to enjoy yeah definitely and i think people will uh, I, I think there's so much relevance to to a lot of the lyrics in there and they, they can be interpreted different ways but i guess the overarching story is that there is sort of light at the end of the tunnel you know there, there may be a dark period now but you know there is hope for the future and, and that certainly shines through completely um and uh obviously eight year gap i believe it was between the Solemn Sun EP and obviously returning now um and you've jumped straight back in with extra mile recordings which obviously we've had a number of extra mile guests on this podcast and I've never heard a bad thing said about them so I, I can imagine it was an easy decision but you know how supportive yeah. have they been of you coming back yeah they're great they're really um like patient for one thing which is really handy for us because we're a band that apparently takes eight years to make a record <laughs> um but also they yeah like spoke to like charlie that runs xm and i spoke to him ages ago actually um at a show that i was putting on in gloucester i kind of said oh we're like messed around with some demos and stuff and i was like should i send them over and he was like yeah definitely um and they were kind of straight away really interested in sort of taking it on um and they're wonderfully good at just leaving you to it essentially i think that they like they sign people they trust, essentially, I think. And that's kind of the impression that I get. It's sort of, I don't know. Yeah, they take the risk as well, I suppose. Because we could have given them three songs that sounded great to them and then, like, seven horrible, I don't know what, <laughs> would be terrible for them. <laughs> but it could be, like, a couple of killers and all filler from there, basically. Um, but, yeah, they're great for that, just leaving you to your own devices to a certain extent. And then stepping in when they need to and like with helping get the record out to the right people and stuff yeah no i've never heard a bad thing about extra mile and there must be a degree of trust and i mean a point i would raise with listeners now is if you've discovered jim Lockie and the sullen sun through color um obviously as i will rave about this album to anyone that i talk to right now having <laughs> listened to it on repeat for the last few days um equally you know if if you have discovered jim through this album do go and check out the back catalogue obviously atlas is in um death and the ep that come out with some sudden because obviously you know the trust must come from um they can see the quality of work you've put out in the past so there's got to be somewhat of an assumption that jim's, jim's hopefully still got it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i'd hope so <laughs> <laughs> definitely definitely and uh, another thing that's really taken me back with uh, the album as a whole was the artworks so i want to draw attention yeah. to that as well like beautiful piece of artwork so obviously how how did um that materialize for you how was it commissioned yeah it's so so important to me about the package basically that the record comes in um and i knew really early on 
that we wanted to have like an artwork that was illustrated basically in that certain style so or similar to that certain style that I like um I just love all those sort of late like 70s records like illustrated like going into early 80s like airbrushed artwork and that kind of thing just love it I just think it looks amazing and it felt like the right fit for the record um because although uh production wise it sounds quite modern now a lot of the stuff that we sort of built from the roots of it that we built from and the kind of albums that we were referencing at the time were all sort of like I don't know Fleetwood Mackie like sort of 70s and 80s sort of music like Phil Collins and that kind of stuff um and yeah so we just wanted to have that artwork but turns out those artists are quite difficult to find that are within a, the budget of a band like us as well for one thing um so it took me about I think it was about six months of searching for the right artist for it. Um, found loads that were uh, great that were commissioned on other work at the time. And um, yeah, like across the world, essentially. And then one night I was out, uh, I think I was at the pub with Andy, actually. Um, he plays bass in the band. Um, and I was just scrolling through Instagram and I found this guy's work, this guy called Andre. Um, I just loved it. Um, there's a few pieces up there that he hadn't said were commissioned so I just messaged him and said like is this for sale basically um because I really liked it and it kind of fit with the record but um yeah he came back to me and said well it is but I'd rather just work on it for like work on a thing for you that fits with the record and stuff now like Andre's like a, a young guy lives in Georgia um in Europe and like he's been incredible like for somebody that like essentially met on instagram chat um and then we've had about a hundred emails back and forth i think over the course of a couple of months sent him a load of really scatterbrained ideas about what i'd like it to look like and yeah he just comes back with that <laughs> i was uh yeah we were so stoked about that probably more stoked about the artwork than we were about the album in the end to be honest like the album's great we're really proud of it but his artwork's really stepped it up above that um and yeah he really brought it to life and i'm super pleased that he was able to do it and i really hope to work with him again in the future because he's like really great yeah um i don't know if we can tag him potentially in this podcast yeah definitely i'll send you the link through for people that only want to check out his other work and stuff yeah yeah, amazingly talented um, artist, obviously, and the artwork and the music fit. And I'm so glad you mentioned the 70s and 80s kind of aesthetic, because I picked up on that through the artwork and the music. And like it's subtle enough that I was sort of thinking, is it just me that picks that up? Or, yeah, I mean, perhaps the artwork a bit more. And, uh, yeah, no, obviously, yeah, I'm glad I'm not just going mad. No, it works no, so, I'm, so well. <laughs> I'm glad that people recognise that stuff as well, because we put a lot of time into thinking about this sort of thing. <laughs> like it's always a shame if it goes over people's heads it's fine obviously because it's sort of everybody takes from it what they want and that's great but um yeah it's really nice for somebody to notice it so thank you <laughs> yeah no definitely well, i mean obviously thank you because uh, i say it's probably my favorite album of the year for for sure thus far um and uh obviously it all kick-started with reno which was the first little pre-release single that came out so uh what about that song made you think yeah this is the song that needs to lead this new era for, for jim lockie and this all of a sudden yeah i think that it's for me it's like uh it's a step change really in our sort of sound is very poppy it's probably the poppiest thing i've ever written really um 
and it's really positive it's about like new beginnings new love that kind of thing um and it was also sort of like the opening line that sort of I don't I don't even know where to start is like really important line on the album because it's um I don't know although Reno is probably like the resolution of everything that happens after it on the album it's like that sort of that sentiment for me kind of has two sides it's sort of like that's exactly what I was thinking when everything kind of fell apart for me and something that I was also thinking when everything started to rebuild and it's very much like that line is like kind of encapsulates like the whole theme of the record for me it's like a bookend essentially for like the whole thing um so it just felt really important that that was the first thing like that's the first notion of this album that we're going to put out um and yeah we just I guess we wanted to showcase the fact that we can write like that we can write sort of poppier songs um and enjoy them and then not be like too cheesy basically <laughs> yeah. like um Andy's bass part in that song kind of saves it a bit for me I think in terms of like making me still feel like I'm a rock kid in that like his bass line's very sort of death cab uh, like sort of style so I don't know yeah it kind of pulls us a little bit away from like super cheesy pop stuff but it's great like we really love that song so and it's fun to play. Yeah, now and it works really, really, really well live at uh, Two Thousand Trees as well. So, uh, it, it, yeah, just a fantastic song that just encapsulates you know, the album as a whole for me. And uh, another thing I was really glad about uh, was that Reno Medicine and Mercy Wave have all got music videos because on this podcast I always try and draw people's attention to the music videos because they're a bit of a lot lost art. And and one of the reasons yeah. for that, as, as you touched upon earlier, is, is budget. You know, I mean, look, it is tough out there for, for musicians at the at the moment. We had a really frank and, and, and great conversation with a musician you may well be familiar with, Sean McGowan, recently on the yeah. podcast. And yeah, sure. and he was really honest about how he'd had to you know finance the new album itself and the risks that he, he kind of took. And obviously music videos are uh, not what they used to be you know people don't sit and watch them all day so that's normally one of the yeah. first things that just gets cut from the budget no music videos for this um and yeah to have a video video to watch for all three of those songs um was, was great for me um in prepping for this and uh just uh, across to you really how did you um you know conceptualize you know getting these videos out because there's a kind of similar aesthetic to them all that i think again fits the vibes of the album really really well so um given what you've said about the amount of the, amount of attention to detail you've put into this i imagine it was quite important to you to to have those videos as well yeah for sure um i think like yeah they're all kind of um they do all sort of follow a theme i think and like um a lot of the colors and stuff are very similar in all of them and they all sort of lean a little bit on this a little bit like vintagey sort of look um and yeah i mean beginning with reno i guess we had like a really small budget for that. It was probably like a couple of hundred quid, I think, to get the whole thing done. I think we spent most of that on that white suit that I wore. <laughs> um, but yeah, we kind of wanted to go down this sort of Wes Anderson-y sort of um, style. Uh, where it's just all like straight, very square cut and everything's just straightforward and like a little bit funny and a little bit tongue-in-cheek and like just so we can have a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, all of our previous videos have been very serious you know and like we 
come across, I think, previously as like a very serious band that like never smiles or has a laugh or anything. <laughs> Whereas we are completely the opposite in person and as people. So yeah, it was nice to show a little bit of that side of us, I think, and just say like, yeah, we we don't take ourselves too seriously, honestly. We are like we can have fun as well. Um so yeah, that's um that was like Reno, which is great. The medicine one was done by Harry Steele, who is absolutely slaying it at the moment in terms of his videos for everyone. He literally works with everyone now. He's so hard to get in with because he's just so busy. <laughs> um, and his work's incredible. And we had a very simple concept for him for that video and he absolutely smashed it. Um, so yeah, forever pleased with that one. Um, and the latest one for Mercy Wave uh, works with a guy called Elliot, who is part of Lion Island Media, which is based like locally to us. Um, he does some great work as well. Um, loads of music videos that, he's, that his company have done. Um, and I was just in a practice room around the corner from ours. We just had some, managed to get some uh, backdrops from like a shop that Chris used to run. Um, and yeah, just shot it there. And basically just had some great times on those sheets just kind of almost like the video is a bit secondary to us hanging out having a good time so yeah so we really enjoyed them yeah I'm glad you did that because that was one of the and I got the fun element definitely with the Reno video and throughout all the videos I did sit back and think they're enjoying making these which is really really nice to see so yeah I'm, yeah really glad you said about that for sure um and obviously hopefully the listeners by now have realized through, through our conversation that color is obviously something they need to go and check out and not just take our word for it um but they need to go and listen to it because they will not regret it um i've always enjoyed the band live back from back back in the day to make a sound cloud but obviously from, <laughs> from you know um the early um you know 2010s uh, and obviously around the deaf ear and everything i've really enjoyed the band live and and the set of trees was phenomenal despite you know i was a bit surprised that oh they might play an older song in a minute <laughs> and we did get a couple um but yeah. obviously you know musically it was just absolutely fantastic again. So you've got another live show in the in the diary for the 30th of July uh, in Gloucester, uh, which will be gone by the time this podcast comes out, unfortunately. So listeners, um, you know, you missed that one. However, is there going to be an opportunity for listeners to catch the band live over the next, say, 12 months? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of like the full band, uh, we'll be announcing a tour for the end of October, early November. Um, we're hoping that we can do that in the first week of August. We should be able to announce and go on sale. Um, there's just a couple bits to finish basically on that. But uh, I think we're up to like 11, 12 dates maybe. So it's, a, it's like an okay one. Um, yeah. It's over like a couple of weekends essentially. Um we kind of wanted to get something in this year to sort of start the campaign really with colour. Um, but we very much think that sort of 2024 will be like the big push for us. Um, we were a bit late for festival season and stuff this year. So hopefully another spring tour next year and then into festival season and hopefully some support shows as well. Um, dotted around that, I'm doing the odd solo show too. So um, depending on when this podcast comes out, uh, I'm playing in I'm playing a solo show in Worcester at Paradiddles um, on like the 5th of August, uh, which is a nice little afternoon show and people can bring their kids to it and stuff as well. So nice little show. It'd be cool for like families and stuff yeah. like that. I'll try not to swear as much as I normally do. Um, and yeah, so and there should be a few other bits coming out at some point about like, me doing solo shows or potentially Chris might join me on a couple and things like that. So yeah. yeah. We'll be busy. And I'm so glad to hear that. All on the way. 
Yeah, yeah. So glad to hear that you're going to be busy. Um, and uh, I will definitely be trying to pop along the shows. I definitely encourage listeners to. Best way, as we touched on right back at the start of the podcast, to stay up to date with of anyone these days is social media. So I always give out the social handles. Um, so Instagram is j-l-a-t-s-s jim Lockie in the southern sun every bit. so obviously listeners can go there uh facebook jim Lockie in the southern sun written out this time um and twitter although as of today as we talk it's probably x. not called twitter anymore x i'm going yeah. to change up all of the artwork for full pelt and i guess you're probably gonna to have to do some tweaking maybe on yeah your. i don't probably, think yeah. elon musk really thought about all of this but um yeah j-l-a-t-s-s with an underscore on the end but we will have the links in the uh bio of the episode that listeners can click on but it's a tradition now that i tend to, to read them out um so that's obviously the best place to stay up to date um and um see that tour when it's announced hopefully you can um, pick up a, a ticket and head along if you are listening um so it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you we've got one final segment which is a new segment we've brought in for the last four or five episodes now and it seems to be going down really really well it's called magic wand um so I'm going to give you a magic wand and you can change one thing about the music industry, but only one thing. So if I give you your wand, what are you going to change? <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know whether this is a controversial thing for me to say, but I, do, I work in uh, like music promotion. So but like, I'm a promoter by day, basically. I think the one thing that I would change is that all those people that go out and pay 20 quid to watch a tribute band every week would actually go out and watch their local bands that are in their area play instead because it's quite saddening to see how many of those shows sell out and how many amazing local bands just don't get the support that they need so that would be my magic wand for for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that's controversial because i i completely agree i've never got tribute bands like okay if, if the artist is dead and there's no other way to see this music live Fair enough. But, you know, yeah. quite often there's tribute bands out there for bands that have only le released one album and you think, hang on a minute, I can easily see the real thing. Why would I go and see people pretending to be, um, again, when you can go and check out a, a localised artist. Another point I make on this podcast a lot is um, just the cost of ticket prices for arenas and stadiums. Um, I, yeah. I was cheekily having a little look because I thought about head heading along and then I saw the price and I didn't. Red Hot Chili Peppers at... London State, uh, the Tottenham Stadium last week, uh, £200 for a standing ticket. Um, yeah. Instead of that, I made the decision, no, I'm not going to pay £200 to multi-millionaires. I would much rather go and see even just two or three local shows and then all the beer money that I've saved as well, you know, um, I, I always encourage listeners to do that. And it, it's interesting to hear, obviously, with the, with the promotion work you do. We quite often do ask um fans about their thoughts on the importance of the grassroots uh, grassroots music industry and obviously the venues around there and um it'd be interesting obviously to get to your, your thoughts how important are these venues the independent venues for obviously bands like yourselves i mean they're absolutely vital there's no doubt about that i think um you just don't get to start it's like bigger venues essentially there's just no way to do it i mean the one that i do is like 400 cap and we're too big really for like a lot of like smaller bands um but we but yeah i mean we wouldn't have ever been anything without those venues really like we always wanted to be a live band and the only way to be able to do that is to be able to go out somewhere and play like sitting in a practice room forever occasionally writing records isn't really the thing like i don't know how people do that as a career it's 
mental. Like you need to get out and enjoy yourself as well. Um, and it's just a great place for people to meet, isn't it? Really, like most of the people that I know in and around Cheltenham are in bands. I think that's probably due to the fact that Cheltenham is proportionately full more of musicians than anything else, it seems. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, most of my friends I know I've met from like either being in a band or watching bands or being drunk in that place after the band's finished. Like that's kind of my entire life probably is based entirely on those things. And like that happened at those venues at like the Frog and Fiddle and the Two Pigs and Cheltenham and more historically the Welsh Harp in Gloucester. Um, but yeah, those venues were like absolutely vital for sure and continue to be as far as i can see um but yeah just need more support unless yeah. the landlords getting in and causing havoc basically exactly no definitely review on that one and so hey, even the red hot chili peppers had to start a venue um similar sized in in the us i would assume for so sure. um yeah I, mean, I do have to confess though i mean i absolutely back your decision there to to, to do that <laughs> and i i do support local but i do go out to shows and stuff and i'm, I'm big on spending my money there but you are talking to a guy that literally just spent 300 quid on a taylor swift ticket so. oh you were successful <laughs> <weren't you? laughs> yeah so i can't um yeah i can't be too elitist in this i guess i did fold for that so no but i do love a big show and i've just paid 100 pound to go see muse at the o2 in in october so you know sometimes it is justifiable but sometimes yeah that's it yeah yeah go. <laughs> you know not this one um so yeah no definitely it's been absolutely fantastic chatting with you jim obviously color not to inflate your ego too much again is such a superb <laughs> superb album and one that i really you know probably harshly didn't necessarily expect that album as it were when i pressed play on it and uh obviously um encourage listeners to check it out with us out and and hopefully come along to a show and see them so songs live um it, yeah completely fantastic bit of work so thank you so much for giving up your time obviously and coming on to talk about it hey thanks so much for having me and um honestly your sort of uh understanding and insight from the record as well has been an absolute pleasure to hear about and um yeah we really appreciate that support so thank you so much well thank you everyone for listening i really do hope you enjoyed that chat there with jim lockie and the solemn sun Please do check out their new album, Colour, which is out on July 28th, and follow the band across all the social media to stay up to date with everything coming from them. You can also stay up to date with Full Pelt. We're on Facebook at Full Pelt, and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And again, if you were to please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, wherever you're watching or listening, because we'll be back very soon with another episode of the Full Pelt Music Podcast.